am always very thoroughly thrilled anytime you tune in. You can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify with friends over at Good Pods and uh, many other places. Always, no matter how you find us, very glad you did. Actually, I am alive on a fireside. I am new to fireside. So uh, I've been trying some things this time between Christmas and New Year's. For me, has always been like a, a black hole of content. You know, I have a, a fair amount of listeners that I, I want to keep fresh content out there. But I also know that, you know, a lot of listeners fall off. Uh, they're busy. They're doing other things. Uh, a lot of television shows um, go on a little hiatus during the holidays uh, so that, uh, you know, the regular viewers don't miss uh, key episodes. Uh, but I do like to stay active. I am not one of these podcasters who has seasons and goes down for the summer or anything like that. I'm a real believer in in uh, keeping things going. And one of the good one of the good ways to keep things going during this kind of uh, period between the holidays here is to do some things that we normally don't do. You know, uh, for example, behind the scenes stuff at podcasting, um, how things are done. Uh, multimedia and creation. I'm actually a, a multimedia creator uh, in terms of what I do during the day. Now I just uh, podcast. I'm not limited to podcasting. So there's a lot of things that people are interested in, and even casual listeners of podcasting do like to hear some of the insights in terms of how uh, we plan out guests and things like that, because uh, it just gives them a, a better appreciation for the show, so they know what's going on. The title of today's show is "What Makes a Good uh, Guest Interview." And this is a subject that comes up periodically, uh, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, this time of year in particular, uh, if, if you have a book, if you have a new album out, if you have something else going on, typically what happens is, is this is the time that you reach out to get booked for the early part of next year. So the emails come rolling in. If you, if you have a podcast or any type of vlog or anything like that that's listed anywhere, this time of year, people do approach you and, you know, would like to be on your show and, and get booked as a guest. And this is a good time to do that and start off uh, 2023 with, you know, a bunch of things booked for yourself. And that's great. Um, I, I don't know that is podcasting the best solution for you going on on podcast as a guest. Is that the best solution for you? That's another topic for another day. Um, but. What we are going to talk about is when somebody like myself gets approached or when we talk about what interviews go well versus what interviews don't go too well, I'm going to talk about some of the key things that if you're an author, you're, you have some sort of a cause, you want to talk about the work that you do, and somebody has told you, whether it's your agent or your publisher, hey, book yourself on some podcasts. These are some things that I can tell you, for me anyway, are uh, kind of what I hope to hear when I get approached. So I'll, I'll give this little uh, uh, qualifier as well. Um, for me anyway, when I have just someone come on as a guest, and that's all they are is just a guest, and here's what I mean by that. They're just coming on my show. Um, going with the flow, answering the questions that I ask. And I don't mind having a few talk, talking points thrown my way or something like that. For that, we typically do not charge, okay? I'm happy to work with someone in, in a situation that's mutually beneficial. And I'll talk about that on, on today's uh, program. 
Um, but I, I typically don't charge for that. What happens though, is we are a production agency. So there are times when publishers approach us, they want us to produce a podcast. Sometimes I'm the host, sometimes I'm not. When I am the host, I have to say, hi, this is Billy Dees uh, from the XYZ Publishing Company, and we're talking to so-and-so today. At that point, that becomes production work. And we do that a lot, and I'm very happy to do it. Um, but if any type of branding, uh, if, if a guest approaches me, their publisher approaches me and they want any type of branding on that podcast, they want their logos all over it. They want me to mention, uh, you know, the publisher as, as a producer of the show, any of that type of stuff. At that point, I am producing content. That's no different than making a commercial for someone. That's no different than uh, producing a show. One of those shows that you hear on Saturday morning, one of those infomercials, a company like mine made those. <laughs> And that's production work. And we do charge for that. But as far as the Billy D's podcast is concerned, to just come on and uh, kind of go with the flow, we don't charge for that. If you are paying someone to um, produce your content at that point, then you probably have more rights in terms of how you want yourself presented. But when you're coming on as a guest and, and you expect it to be for free, um, then here's what you should bring. Here's, here's your part of a mutually beneficial free project to work on together. And I'm going to go through these in more detail. But the first one is, is make sure you have a good approach and be polite. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. The second thing is, is be willing to promote that episode on your own social media or what have you. And the third thing, and probably for my money, one of the most important is to bring value to that show and the audience. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We don't want an infomercial. This is something that uh, when you go on somebody's uh, podcast or somebody's show, they don't want you to turn it into uh, a very long infomercial. We're going to talk about how not to do that. And the fourth thing is if, if you are being told by your publisher or whoever it may be, your marketing person, that you should go on, on podcast as part of your professional promotion, then at that point, I should I would say you should do something in the way of investing some uh, equipment to sound good because sounding good is something that podcasters want to have their shows do. Nobody wants to talk to somebody and you know have them sound like they're coming from Mars or something like that. Okay, so um, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. And starting with the first thing here, um, your approach. A show like mine, and I, I say this immodestly, uh, there's no way that we can have all the people that approach approach us or that's all we would be doing. Okay. So what makes a, a, a if you're approaching a show that has a lot of listeners, um, you know, have bookings, you know, weeks and months ahead, if you're approaching that type of show, what is going to make you stand out when you send your request to be on the show? And I'm not kidding. I get emails and I get direct messages from people on social media who want to be a guest on the podcast. And, and they say something like this. What does it take to be on your show? I mean, that's that's what comes through. No hello. <laughs> no, uh, nothing. Just what does it take to be on your show? And I would have to say that that's close to 50 percent. Some, some Something in that tone, something that maybe not those exact words, but something with that tone is represents roughly 50% of the approaches 
that I get. And I don't take it personally or anything, but I do find it odd that a lot of these people are apparently professional authors, <laughs> you know. And it seems to me like they could craft uh, something a little bit better than that. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody told them, approach as many shows as you can and, you know, play the odds that one of them are going to respond. I, I, I don't know. But you, you, your odds go up when, when you approach things a little differently. Uh, the one thing you want to you, you do, obviously, is, is have a greeting that's better than that. And talk a little bit uh, about your content and, you know, what it is that you do, whether it's your book and the subject matter. You don't have to go into a lengthy thing, but I'm an author. I, uh, I've had this book on Amazon now for six months and, uh, you know, it's about uh, X, Y, Z. And I think it'd make a really good topic for your show, something like that. And that's kind of where uh, your objectives come through. Here, here's, here's what I would like to do by being a guest on your podcast and kind of lay out, you know, these are the kinds of things I want to talk about. And here's how I'm going to bring value to uh, your, your, your podcast and uh, kind of indicate that you've listened to the show. Uh, you know, I've listened to your show and I really like the way you do this or I really like the way you do that. And I feel like I, this would make a good fit. Uh, when I get a, a message like, what does it take to be on your show? I, I don't know what that person has really checked into. I don't know if they've ever listened to the show, if they've ever tried to evaluate it. Um, but this is the type of thing that, okay, this guy or woman has, you know, they've taken the time to uh, check out the show. They've researched it a little bit. They've found me on Apple podcast and Spotify. They got a pretty good idea of what my range is and uh, it has meaning to them and they, they want to come forward. So that's a good thing. So that's, you know, just kind of don't just stab at shows because you find them on a list somewhere. These shows get a lot of listens. So I'm going to send a thing like, Hey, why don't I be on your show? You know, uh, do it a little bit more planned than that and show these uh, other professionals that you're approaching their show with respect and you have respect for what they do and that you're going to be a professional as a guest. Um, the other thing then is uh, in terms of being leading into the next thing uh, is indicate that you will help co-promote the episode. I, I can tell you that I've let myself get used more than once. Um, I'll have somebody, you know, and, and they have a successful book. And somebody's told them, you know, go on Billy D's podcast. And uh, they walk through a list of talking points when they're on the show. And hey, thank you very much. See you later. They're gone. And they move on to the next one. They might have two or three interviews booked that day. Uh, they don't, they, they may not even listen to the episode afterwards. They um, do nothing to promote the episode. They don't feature it on their website. They don't uh, feature it in their social media. So basically it's, you know, they expect you being me or whoever is running the show to do this promotional work for them, not only for free, but with no effort returned. And this is problematic, not only as the relationship goes, if, if you're going to be working with this person to create content, that's going to bring value to your audience and promote their book at the same time, you, 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 you both have a duality there in terms of your goals. It doesn't do you any good as an author or a creator of any kind to come on a show and then do nothing with it. The whole point in a show like mine, uh, and there's a lot of good podcasters out there who really provide a professional forum for their guests to come on. When you are uh, creating that and, and you're being involved in a project like that, you owe it to yourself to share it to your audience. You know, let let the audience see you in different environments. Let the audience, uh, you know, be exposed to different questions that you are asked. And this will help them feel like they know you. 
And this is going to do you a lot of good. And it's going to do a lot of good for the host that is, uh, you know, bringing you on their program and letting you um, do your thing. And I would go the extra step. Um, It's amazing to me that a lot of times people will at least share the episode that they are in. But any other type of content that the host may be sharing related to their show or related to other authors, they won't touch it. And that's very common. Um, and here again, I don't, um, I don't quite understand that because I, there have been times when I have done interviews, let's say over the course of six months, with about three authors who are working uh, under the same publisher. And they still will not share each other's content at all. And let alone share each other's interviews that they have done on other podcasts. And, you know, if you have a group of, let's say, a half a dozen authors and they're all doing different shows and they're all, you know, promoting themselves on social media and creating content, you would think that working for the same publisher, somebody would have said to them, hey, why don't you guys retweet each other? Why don't you guys share each other's stuff? Because you multiply your exposure many, many times over by doing that. So it really, I I have actually made some great associations from authors who have been on the podcast. They have not only helped promote the episode that they were on, but they have kept a relationship with me in terms of co-promoting. And I promote their book when I, when I notice something that when they, when they do a really good post about something or when they're on another podcast or when they do a magazine interview, I, I, I share that. And they do the same for me. So even though I complain a lot that a lot of authors and a lot of creators who come on the show really fall short in terms of co-promoting things, I must say there have been times when I have made some fantastic associations and there's about three or four people who have been on the podcast who have become very good partners. And we often do things together to promote my show and for them to promote their work, their personal appearances, et cetera. And, you know, these, that's, this is what it's all about. You know, when you are engaging, when you are approaching a show to be on for free, essentially, you have to bring something to the table. And any type of promotion, whether it's yours or the or the guest or the, or the the show that you're on, whatever, social media comes with a certain amount of work. You know, um, it, it's not equatable to advertising. Just because you do a post, you create a, a Twitter account, you create a Facebook account, whatever. As a business owner, as a creator, whatever business that you are in. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. And what I mean by that is, is you yourself are going to have to create content. You're going to have to share content. You're going to have to engage with your audience. And you're either going to have to do it yourself or you're going to have to pay someone to do it. It just doesn't happen on its own. When I first started in this uh, business years ago, I won't mention any years, but let's say early 90s. Uh, the radio business back then, uh, you know, there was a formula just like there is for direct mail. Uh, so many uh, runs through the course of a week would at a given budget would produce you somewhat of a result. And it varied restaurant business for one thing, had one gauge and so on. And uh, that's really not true anymore. Um, it, it takes effort to market yourself. And here again, that effort is either going to come from you and your staff or it's going to come from somebody that you are paying to do it for you. It just does not just sit there. This idea that they, you build it and they will come really uh, doesn't work that way. 
So yeah, be generous in how you share, uh, you know, other people's uh, work and in particular, the people who have worked hard for you, uh, helping you uh, create content. The next thing we're, we're going to talk about is bringing value. And um, let's say I, I'm going to talk about authors because that's my wheelhouse. I have a lot of authors on the program. And a lot of times, especially when they are not particularly uh, experienced in going on on shows, their publisher or whoever has pointed them in my direction, uh, the first thing that they want to do is read a passage from their book. And I understand, uh, you know, a lot of times when these authors do book signings and personal appearances and things like that, they want to do a, a you know, read a little, a little passage. And people who come to book signings and book readings and all those things want to hear those types of things. And that's fine. Um, but I, for me personally, I don't like to hear people reading uh, on my show anyway. That's just something that um, that's not the angle that I like when it comes to creating content. What I really want to have happen is if this author can provide some value to an audience that may not be interested in their book, that's what's really going to work. That's what's really going to work for my general audience. And actually in the long run, it's going to work better for them promoting their book with people who may want to buy their book. Something like tips on writing, you know, um, that's something that readers enjoy hearing insights about and other authors enjoy hearing. And here again, the more you can expand your base, especially through social media, the more that it will help you. Another thing I like authors to share is what inspires them. Sometimes uh, people have had a traumatic experience and this inspired them to maybe write a book about their experience or maybe write a fictional story that they could uh, somehow illustrate what they went through. These are all things that really will help you connect with the audience. If the audience likes you, Johnny Carson, I believe, once said that likability in this business is 90% of the work. And if you can uh, create a, an image of yourself, something about the journey that you've been through, you're essentially creating a brand. Uh, Ernest Hemingway is a brand as much as he is an author. And if you can kind of create a brand as an author for yourself about how you care about the readers, how you care about the story, uh, how you want the reader to feel when they read your story. These are things that will really engage the audience and they will want to get your book to read it. They don't necessarily will respond to having some, you know, if your book takes 10 hours to read, uh, a, a 10 minute passage is is not going to mean anything. They really need to connect with you as an author and know where you are going. And then that will lead them to you as a brand and it will lead them to you as somebody who might potentially buy the book. And I so actually, the, the duality there, I really like authors that approach me that have some sort of a tie-in to their personal experience or to a cause. A good example of this would be an author who uh, was traumatized by a death in their family. And, and let's say this death um, was a rare type of cancer. So they want to raise awareness for this type of cancer through telling a story. So they come on the show not only as an author, but as an advocate for something. That really has a duality that I can really sink my teeth into. And I really enjoy that as a, as a podcast host. When I can bring that type of value to an audience, I really, really like to, to, to create in that, in that arena. The other thing that I would have to say about that too is, I'll say it again, is to avoid sounding like an infomercial. I wrote this book because I'm a great author and I really want to 
tell the experiences of of, of the spy uh, in the Alps as he was chasing the person, the terrorist who had that. That type of content just doesn't work. It, it, it's a turnoff. So uh, even though a lot of times I will produce uh, infomercials <laughs> for Saturday morning radio, one of the things I will always tell my client is let's avoid sounding like an infomercial. Let's bring some objective information into this so that people can recognize it as, as having a value. People do not recognize advertisements as having a value. They just don't. And not that there isn't a place for advertising, but a long form content is, is not where it's at for me. Okay. And the last thing that I mentioned was sounding good. And uh, the little joke that I always say is I don't want my guest to sound like, you know, he went on a trip on a rocket built by Elon Musk and he's on Mars now. And, you know, it's, Okay, that that's that's something that uh, I don't I don't want my show to sound like that. I, I've been a professional audio creator for a long time, and I take a lot of pride in having a show that sounds every bit, if not exceeding, broadcast quality. Okay, now I don't expect guests to pay a fortune and 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 buy a bunch of expensive stuff just to be on my program. That's not what I'm saying, but there are a few things that you can do to ensure that uh, you sound reasonably good. And one of those things is get a microphone. And here again, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can buy it online. One of those 40 or $50 uh, specials. Um, They're typically not extraordinary in terms of what a professional is going to be looking for. But what a microphone will do for you is get the microphone close to your mouth. I get approached by a lot of authors and I tell them, do you have a headset or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the day comes, we set up to do the interview and they're just talking into an open face computer. And I've said, well, I thought you said you had a microphone. Yeah, I I spent $2,000 on this computer. I don't need a microphone. That has nothing to do. You bought a computer. Not a sound studio. And uh, talking into an open-faced laptop, uh, a lot of times in a bad environment, you're in, you know, on, in the, on the island that's in your kitchen, uh, hard surfaces all over the place. You know, it sounds like you're in, in, uh, in the cave somewhere, echoey. Uh, it's just, no, that's not how I want my podcast to sound. And here again, uh, buying an, inex- uh, an inexpensive microphone is not a big investment. If, it, if part of your marketing plan, your publisher, whoever has told you, hey, go on podcast. And that's part of a very important part of, of what you're doing. It's not a bad investment to, to buy some sort of a decent microphone. It doesn't have to be expensive, but something that you can mount, something you can get close to your mouth. Um, so you, you don't sound like you're down the hall. That makes a, a big difference. And I'm also a big fan of what is called the proximity effect. And the proximity effect is kind of an effect like this. You know, it's very like I'm leaning right over and and we're sitting next to each other and I'm I'm leaning over. It's more than just the microphone can pick it up. And if I walked to the other side of the room, this microphone would, would, would pick me up. You could hear me. But it doesn't have the same effect as the proximity effect. It, it's it's more than just being closer to the mic. It creates an intimacy. It actually adds a little, in some cases, just a little bit more uh, weight to the sound of the voice, gives it a little bit more bass. And it sounds... Uh, 
more there. It sounds like it's coming right out of the speakers. And that's that's something here again. You don't need to spend a lot of money to be able to accomplish. Actually, a headset that has one of those little stems with the microphone on the end of it that you can speak close to it will come close to that. And, and you'll get more of that. And that is so much better than speaking into an open-faced laptop that drives me crazy. Uh, I don't particularly like wire, wireless anything. <laughs> um, typically, the, a lot of the Bluetooth devices and everything have some issues just with the Bluetooth alone. And the ones that are really neat, like they have the ear and the microphone in one place. Okay, yeah, people like the fact that they don't have anything in front of their face for whatever reason. Um, but it doesn't make for the best audio. Okay, you're, 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 the microphone is is behind the side of your head. It's not out in front of your mouth. And wires, for the most part, unless they are cut, provide a better signal, are more reliable, and are less expensive. Um, when I'm doing large setups uh, for sound at a, at a big event or something, I don't use wireless microphones unless there's some reason why that particular speaker has to be wireless. They're going to go out in front of the audience and they're going to do demonstrations or they're, they're going to do whatever. Um, if there's a mic that's at a podium, there's no reason why that microphone needs to be wireless. All you're doing is introducing a bunch of more variables that could go wrong. So I particularly, as a, as a professional creator, my little rule of thumb is I very seldom use wireless anything unless I absolutely have no choice. You know, something I just described, somebody wants to go mobile. And this applies to uh, computers as well. Um, if you have to use Wi-Fi, if you're going to be, come on as a guest and you're going to have your laptop, and a lot of people anymore don't have access to their router. Uh, that's amazing, Tiffany. <laughs> but um, a lot of people don't have access to the router. You know, they're, they're a cable company or whatever, put a wireless uh, Wi-Fi router in, in their house as part of their service. Uh, it's, down, it's, it's in a room, another room somewhere, or it's, it's in a storage room, whatever. And they simply cannot plug into it. If that is the case, make sure that your Wi-Fi network is clear. There's not somebody who's streaming a movie on it or playing games on it while you're doing your interview. Keep your Wi-Fi clear. Get as close to the Wi-Fi router as you can. Uh, you don't want to have the router on the other side of the house down the basement uh, while you're on the other side of the house up in the attic. You know, get as close as you can to your Wi-Fi signal. If you can, plug directly into the router. Here again, uh, speeds with Ethernet, the reliability, all of these things are generally much better uh, with your uh, laptop plugged into a router. And certainly here again with the desktop, I, I don't understand if you have a desktop, why you need a wireless keyboard. You know, I'm not walking around the house. <laughs> my keyboard there's no reason for me uh, and that's just me maybe i'm old school i don't know but i don't and on my desktop i don't have anything wireless except the mouse because uh obviously the wire can get in the way but uh that's pretty much it you know avoid wireless connections and when you can get as close to the uh router as you can you can find me billy d's on twitter at billy d's and uh to paraphrase an old quote uh, the re the reports of the death of of Twitter have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> it is still alive and well. It is still very vibrant, and all the communities that I just mentioned are still very active on there. So I, I you can find me on Twitter. 
Um, I don't have any uh, crazy variations to my screen name on any type of social media. I'm either Billy D's or the Billy D's podcast on all the forms of social media that I'm on. So I'm easy to find. And here again, you can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, with friends over at Good Pods. Really enjoy the people over at Good Pods. I have a good relationship with that platform. And recently, it's um, you know, Pandora isn't one of those uh, platforms that you associate with podcasting like you do Spotify and Joe Rogan and all this. Uh, but for some reason, uh, the percentage of listens that I get on Pandora have, have risen a lot in the last three to four months. So uh, I'm also on Pandora. So probably should mention that as well. Anyway, thank you for listening and checking me out today. Once again, Billy D's from the Billy D's podcast. Thank you for listening. And we will be talking to you again next week. I'm Billy Dees and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy Dees Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy Dees Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy Dees. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.